Boomcast. All right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Boomcast. We have a stellar episode for you today. We kind of had a little rebrand, a uh, fresh new look for the Boomcast. I got Jim Evil Phillips with me here today. I got Big Buku. We got a bunch of stuff to talk about, a lot going on in the CDL, a lot going on here at Team No Trace. Uh, I think I'll swing it over to Jim, let him start off by introducing himself, and uh, we'll go from there. Hi, everyone. It's Jim Evil Phillips. I'm the uh, founder, one of the founders of Team No Trace and currently the head coach for our Call of Duty competitive uh, section of our organization. I'm 29 years old, originally from Huntington Beach, California, and I'm currently serving as an active duty infantryman in the Army. Um, going on 12 years this July. Right on. Uh, my name's Adam Stormbreaker. Uh, you call me, people call me Storm for short. Uh, I am from the Toronto, Canada area. Um, I came across Jim and the boys, uh, you know, just playing Call of Duty Modern Warfare last year. And, you know, we kind of bonded together, formed a little brotherhood and boom, Pops out the Boomcast, Team No Trace, a whole bunch of stuff that we got going on. Uh, a little bit about us, I guess. Uh, if you haven't you know, seen us on Twitter or on socials, we are a group of gamers, like-minded people. Uh, we have an organization called Team No Trace. It's an esports organization that you know, we started from the ground up. You know, We're trying to get it off the ground and make a difference in the esports scene. Um, and this podcast is just one of our platforms to talk to you guys, uh, get in touch with you guys, and uh, keep you up to date. All right, so that's a little bit about us. Today we have a guest on the show. He is also an OG member. He's been around. He's part of the TNT family. He's been around us from the beginning. We have Big Buku. Um, Brandon is his name. I'll, I'll throw it over to him, let him give a little background on himself and how he came to meet everybody at TNT. Hey, what's going on? Yeah, my name is Brandon, Big Buku Predke. I'm 29, and man, that still don't believe it. <laughs> um, yeah, I uh, Boston represent. I'm out here now, living it up, trying to you know get things sorted, trying to get my gun skill up to keep with all these young ams. But <laughs> yeah, that's why I don't play competitive that much anymore. Uh, <laughs> I'm a little washed, and it's it's tough for me to kind of get over that. But at the same time, it's kind of, you know, I play in a rec league. I'm just kind of out here to have fun and get better. I'm not trying to be the next big thing or anything. Uh, I just want to see, like, team development and improvement as a whole, uh, building that chemistry as a unit and just seeing where it can go. Right on. So uh, to get to know you a little better, we have a segment called the Triple F Segment. All right, so triple F segment uh, consists of three questions. First question is your first video game, Brandon, that you ever played in memory. First video game I ever played, honestly, it was probably Mario on one of the, I don't know if it was the SNES or just the NES, but I do remember playing that back in the day on some bum TV. <laughs> I called my dad and my mom to help me out with the levels because they were more of a gamers than I were. I mean, that was their system, but yeah, Mario brothers, Mario brothers. That's a classic. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people that might be their first video game as well. 
Mine personally was uh, Sonic. Nice. Sonic on Sega Genesis. My grandfather had a Sega Genesis. He like picked it up from a garage sale one day. I was like, I don't know, five, six. And he was like, oh, I wonder if the kids will like this. And he <laughs> hooks it up to his big ass tube TV that like takes up half your living room back in the day. And uh, yeah. But yeah, no, Mario's a great choice. Uh, next F, the most forgettable video game you've ever played, meaning a game that you played and like you put some time into it and you're just like, hell no, I would never pick that up again. Uh, you know, I thought going into this, I was like, maybe I need to think about this, but no. Uh, History Channel Civil War. So when I first got my 360 in high school, I was an achievement whore. I was just going for that stuff. Easy, easy thousand points. GameStop rentals, you know, you, you buy it, play it for five days, return it within seven. This game, I think History Channel presented it, um, but it was a Civil War first-person shooter, and I was like, that seems really cool. It was not. <laughs> it was terrible. It was it not. It was an easy, easy, perfect gamer score, but, you know, the, from going Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare to this History Channel game was like, whoa, okay, I am playing something special right now with Call of Duty 4. There's something to this. Let me just get this easy gamer score and then return it immediately the next day. It w was not great. And couldn't pay you to play it again, eh? No. <laughs> I might take a look at it, play one level, and be like, no, this is awful. Fair enough. I think uh, one of the other people we've talked to had a similar answer to you. Uh, anyway, last question. Your favorite video game. So you're trapped on an island. You got... Thousand up, thousand down. You got a console of choice. You got a, a monitor of choice, but you got one game. What game are you taking with you? I would love to say Call of Duty, but I think if I'm doing a shooter, it would have to be Destiny. Between the PVE, the PVP, there's just always something to do. But also, Slay the Spire is another good choice. It's a uh, roguelike deck building game. Uh, single player, you know, you build your deck as you go. You try to get to the end, you die, you reset and do it again. Uh, I've kind of been falling in love with that. I bow out on my couch with my Switch every night. Usually get a couple runs in and then pass out. Uh, after Call of Duty, it's just decompressing with Slay the Spire. And then, but, uh, you know, let's go Slay the Spire. I don't think I could do Destiny All right. forever. <laughs> as I'm looking at the poster oh, behind yeah. you on the wall. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> All right, that's a good choice. And that concludes the Triple F segment. You know, we do that just to get a better idea of our guests and where, you know, their journey in gaming a little, you know what I mean? Uh, it's always fun. Uh, on to the next topics, I guess. Uh, we have a lot of COD stuff to catch up on. We haven't done an episode or anything in a while. So there's a lot of COD news and events. So I wanted to start off by getting everyone's thoughts on this year's 2021 uh, kickoff classic. Uh, what you guys think of the team, what you guys thought of the event, but also what you think of the teams and the players and who are we excited about? Anybody can start, Jim, if you want to go. Okay. Um, I think the kickoff classic was, I mean, I enjoyed watching it. I was in California this past weekend. My sister got married. Uh, shout out to her, uh, Kayla and Josh. Congratulations. Um, beautiful wedding but i was able to tune in to competitive call of duty and after last year the cdl and you know with the pandemic and everything and like sports just kind of shutting down like that was my outlet to really like chase competitive 
competitive. And I think with this kickoff classic, we got the ability to, we were all excited to watch the pros back at it. I know we've been eager to tune in the scrims on Twitch and watching the YouTube videos that optic and these guys are pumping out. But, uh, yeah, I just think it's, it's great. And with the kickoff classic, my opinion, I know, you know, probably like some people are looking at it like as it's just a preseason and things like that. But if that's if that's what teams really did and that was their mentality going into this kickoff classic and they just kind of wrote it off as like it's a preseason, it's a really it's, it's a missed opportunity to really kind of assert your dominance early off in this league. And, you know, uh, that's just something you can do like towards your opponents is like assert dominance and kind of be a force to reckon with so that like when you do come up against that opponent that is dominant in the pregame classic, you're like, Hey, like, like these guys are good, you know? So I think uh, some of the teams that we saw on Twitter kind of posting, like kind of missed that opportunity to, to really mess with the, the league's, yeah, and the other teams, uh, kind of the, their their mental going into the season. I would agree. I think I saw on the Optic podcast, Scump was talking about it recently, how like anybody who didn't treat it as, you know, an official match or an opportunity to, you know, get the one up on the other teams would, would have been stupid. Like, why wouldn't you? It's, it's being broadcasted. Uh, all your professional teams are now, your rosters are set. It's your first time they're, you know, playing against each other in a competitive form. Yes, they scrim and stuff, but like in front of an audience. And it's that first opportunity to get in the other team's heads. You know what I mean? Like, why wouldn't you want that? Why wouldn't you want that leg up? You know what I mean? Anyway, Brandon, what do you, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I know actually that quote, I actually listened to that podcast today. Um, he was referencing Clay, and I, I get where Scump is coming from, but to Clay for, for Clay to have to go up against his old championship team with some roster that they haven't even had a week of pro- uh, practice with, I can kind of see why Clayster was a little bit salty. I don't think he was salty at the event. I think he was salty with his situation. Yeah, I feel um, that. But overall, I enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun watching the matches. Uh, my only issue was that I think the, it could have been on like the YouTube VODs, but the audio was a little bit ahead of the gameplay. So you're watching the situation and then they call out like a second advance. Yes, oh, I noticed that too. I thought that was just me. I, I thought I was going crazy for a second. What match was that specifically? I think it was a lot of them. Yeah, I, I, I watched like three different matches at different segments without throughout the matches. And yeah, it was the same scenario for all of them. Yeah, but other than that, I mean, I didn't, I didn't have any issues. I thought the presenters did a great job doing that. Um, I guess my only other issue is why are you having zero play from London? <laughs> With yeah. a ping like that, I'm just like, what's the point? Calling a sub or something. Don't put him through that. I'm sure he was losing his mind on the other end. But uh, yeah, Or, or they had that mentality of like, oh, this doesn't really mean much. Let's just play through it. Yeah. But again, I, I agree with you. Like, I think they should have put their best foot forward and you know how to sub or whatever for sure so what teams what teams are we excited about i there you go (laughs) new york sweatshirt on i love new york really awful situation uh with what happened with zuma that definitely sets them back a lot and i don't know how they're going to perform this year but I like my LAG squad as well, and you really can't go wrong with being a fan of the Empire. 
Fair enough. So with uh, with New York, fan of the Empire. with New York, uh, obviously the Zuma situation tragic. Uh, not something brand new, based on the information that's come out. Apparently, he's been struggling with this for years. Uh, had this thumb injury, wrist injury in the past, rehabbed it in the past, got better. But I think Modern Warfare and this game. It, I mean, I could I could be throwing up a guess here, but I'm guessing the movement and the requirements, you know, for the movement on your, the, with your hands, the controller probably took a toll on him, and it re-aggravated something. It sucks either way. It sucks for him. It sucks for the COD community. It sucks for the subliners. But with that being said, who 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 jumps in? Is it is it Diamond or who who jumped in for him? Uh, Diamond, yeah, Diamond was brought up. So it was Clay, Asim, uh, uh, Mac, and Diamond Con. And what's happening with Hydra? Because I thought he was. So they were scrimming with him for a little bit, and I know Clay tweeted out some pics like, "Yo, this is Hydra on like 120 ping. What, like, watch out when we finally get him over to the states." Um, right. But I guess he's still having passport or visa issues. Yeah, I think it's I think it's visa issues with like the pandemic and stuff. Okay, that makes sense. So, I mean, they have an ace in their back pocket. You never know. I mean, Clay... Brought pros on, too. Yeah, and Clay has Clay has a, a history with making young players shine. So, I wouldn't count them out just yet. Uh, and you were saying LAG. I, I was actually pleasantly surprised with LAG, man. Like, I was happy to see, like, App and the boys, like, get some success. Because, like, they had a... like. Apathy specifically had a rough year with Surge last year, man. Like he's in his like at the end of his prime, going into like those veteran years. So like I really like seeing him have success, and I was I was shocked like him, silly, and the boys like they did well. Absolutely, uh, I love Apathy. I've been subscribed to his YouTube channel since when he started making content in Modern Warfare. He seems like a, a really positive guy. Uh, I guess he's like he's like. You know what do they call him? Papathy. He's a family <laughs> man. He's got a kid, and he's shredding fools in the CDL. Like I, I, I love seeing that guy succeed. Yeah, for sure. And then I mean, nobody can really deny uh, optics dominance. Like they, they looked phenomenal. And based on what we've been hearing in the AM scene of you know. Wester and some of the other teams that scrim against them, they are on point. This is the this is the uh, consensus amongst everybody that's talking about them right now. They a lot of people are putting them at number one, um, and that's not just because Florida, you know, beat Phase, but a lot of people are putting them at number one, number two, you know, kind of hand in hand with Dallas right now. And I could see it; they absolutely demolished Hundred Thieves. <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't close at all. But kind of I think American. happy to see Hunter Thieves back in the scene. Huge for Call of Duty. Oh, yeah. Go I ahead, Jim. Friction, I think the friction point moving forward is, well, multiple friction points moving forward is, and we kind of saw this early off with our with our team, Buku, when we were with H5 last year, is, you know, we, we played the game, we had a gunny, and, and we knew how to play it early. We came out strong. You know, we were in two different leagues. We were undefeated in both. And uh, once everyone kind of caught up and figured things out, um, you know, I think that's just what it's going to take this year as well. Like, um, 
Optics got it figured out. They have the they're gonna do it. And with with competitive Call of Duty having a set map set, there's only so many things you can do, so many different ways on every map for an entire season. So um, there's that. My first point. My second point is I think teams have an opportunity at beating Optic in Search and Destroy right now. Um, Dallas Empire and some of these stronger teams that have really good as a really good search history uh, with them. I, I want to say, yes, optic is very scary and dominant, but I think everything will fizzle out and, and kind of um, become pretty even about at the end of the first quarter, like going in the midway of the season. Fair enough. And to the S and D point, uh, Optics always kind of been known as a respawn team. Like they dominate hardpoint like consistently, at least with scump and formal, like that's kind of their MO. Um, but even last year, if you want to look as close as last year, they didn't really figure out their S and D game until halfway through the season. I would say like it was, wasn't until halfway through modern warfare that, uh, the Chicago Huntsman at the time, uh, really started, you know, picking up on the S and D strats and, coming up with new ones and taking uh, control of those matches. They kind of relied on their respawn, I guess is what I'm saying. Alec, Alec uh, was talking about that. Our cities. Yeah. All right. Well, that brings me into the next point. So kind of jumping off what you said, Jim, about there's only so many ways you can play a map. There's only so many ways you can, you know, everybody plays the same maps over and over and over again. You know, the playing field is going to level out. It really comes down to skill. But the other thing it does come down to and the things that we do see throughout a season that change are GAs. GAs in the meta, the meta and GAs, GAs in the meta, back and forth. Like, we saw it happen last year. It was a shit show, for lack of a better term. It was nuts. And it really impacted, you know, teams... uh, chemistry like who's running what gun now who's running you know a smoke who's not running a smoke so i just wanted to go over the current state of gas and how you think do you think the current state of gas is fair do you think it's you know how it should be and do you anticipate i guess another modern warfare season where the gas are just up down up down up down left and right Either one of you can go. <laughs> I'll go. I'll go. I can talk this piece. Um, so there's been some tweets from the Treyarch developers and that they are diligently working with the players to kind of GAs and figure out things to kind of balance out the competitive side of this game. I mean, you have you have absolutely broken things like the the smokes the snipers like there are a lot of things that need to be taken into account so that there is an absolute even playing field for both teams to not really kind of compensate for like the the online portion of everything you know your mm-hmm. location on in the in the United States and and your ping and you know quality of of your internet and whatnot but when it comes to GAs this is another opportunity missed for not only the league, uh, the owners, the players, and the developers of this game. Like, you really want to push this league. You really want to grow Call of Duty and competitive esports to potentially compete with the popularity of 
of regular sports, traditional sports in the United States and around the world, you have to address these things. You have to address them early. Developers, even if it means like you're only changing a portion of the game to meet the competitive standards, like you're bringing in a lot of revenue competitively. The the prize pools are just absolutely insane to think about, especially with this current season. The prize pools are are amazing. They're and healthy. You have, yeah, they're super healthy. And when you have things like GAs that have to occur in a game, and then you have so much money riding on the line, I think it kind of cheapens the competition in a way. It it you know for for people that have a competitive drive and and and, and a fear like to to lose out on something just because of a tweak in a game that could be made it's it's really like it's offers and then you know teams and players just demanding change and the league itself you know so one of the things that i struggle with from like a developer to competitive cdl standpoint is the thing I don't understand is you have your your pubs, you have your, uh, you know, everybody who plays the game casually. You have your casual side of a game, right? Your game modes that cater to that, <clears throat> guns that cater to that, <clears throat> excuse me. And that's all fine. Then you have your competitive side. And this competitive side, like you're saying, is now like we're talking millions of dollars invested by owners, teams, the league itself, uh, everything that goes into it. We're now talking, trying to make Call of Duty as big as American football. Like that should be the goal, right? Like that should be the goal. So if you're going to do that, I don't understand why there's such a gap between the developers and the competitive side of the game. What I mean by that is, for example, right now, snipers and smokes are GA'd. The reason they're GA is apparently smokes are broken. If you if you dash one at your feet and you stand right in the middle of that smoke, nobody can see you. It's like you're invisible. Snipers, there's some issues with the flinch. There's issues with a few other things, you know, snipers being OP, whatever. What I don't understand is if the competitive community is saying this is broken, this is broken, and they are saying it because they wouldn't GA it if it wasn't quote unquote broken. So that GA list is basically like a list for the developers to say, yeah, these don't work. (laughs) These don't work for us. These don't work for competitive. What I don't understand is why does the developer have to change the sniper for the whole entire game, casual and competitive combined and make it this big, huge deal. Why can't there be a separate segment where they make minor adjustments for the competitive side only to ensure that it stays competitive and it stays viable? So there's this whole thing. It's like, oh, snipers need to be fixed and the developers, like they take forever, like, or they don't change it. And it was like that in Modern Warfare a lot because if they made a change, they made it for the whole game casual and everything like why does that have to happen it doesn't make sense to me if it's like it's like playing flag football versus american football the rules aren't the same they don't have to be the same one is a multi-billion dollar industry people tune in every day the other is casual is for people to have fun right the rules don't have to be the same the equipment doesn't have to be the same i don't understand why like call of duty doesn't draw that line 
where the developers don't have to make changes to the whole entire game, but they can tweak things just for the competitive players so that every match that we watch, every team that plays, everything is fair, everything is usable, everything is, you know, viable and competitive. That's where my mind goes, but I mean, who am I? I just think that's the way it should be. I don't know. What are your guys' thoughts on that? No, I I get that. And what you say about different tuning between casual and competitive, uh, Gears of War 4 actually um, was the first game in the series to introduce different weapon tuning settings for casual and different and uh, another rule set for competitive. So, for example, if you're using the shotgun, the Nasher, in a public match, you could, I think you could one-shot someone from, I don't know, we'll just say like seven, eight meters. However, you go in a competitive, you're one-shotting them from four to five meters. So there's a considerable difference there. Yeah. Um, I, I would love to see Treyarch maybe mess with like a competitive-only tuning. However, I don't feel that they have the manpower or maybe that they don't even want to allocate any resources to that, unfortunately. And then you're getting into this, this whole pitfall of well i'm playing this casually let's try the competitive mode oh my weapons feel different this doesn't feel good what i can do here i can't do here and then there's kind of like a disconnect in that sense not that there isn't one now with all the gas that are coming out but different weapon tunings if you're not really into the game i think it's going to confuse and frustrate players just like well why why this shot here should absolutely kill one shot kill why am i take needing two to three at this range at the same time they should also understand that the competitive side is a different beast altogether right and if you're not cut out for it you're not cut out for it i mean you can stick to what you're used to in casual and in pubs and know that as soon as you jump into say league play or as soon as you you know try out for a team and you want to start playing amateur competitive these are the, this is what they go by. And like, this is what you have to get up to speed with. And this is what you have to get used to because it's been identified by the pros and the professional, you know, million dollar organizations that in order to keep this game competitive, this is the tuning that needs to happen. You know what I mean? Um, I, I, the catering, the whole, the whole, it just seems like the developers are catering everything to the mass public and not to say they don't give a shit about the competitive side, but given what they're trying to do with it competitively, they should put allocate more resources, as you said, allocate more money and time to making it as competitive as possible all the time. That's just my opinion. Then you wouldn't have to see these laundry lists of GAs, you know? Yeah, in my opinion, it's a it's a huge missed opportunity for Activision and then the lead developer of each title, the league, the owners, the players. I mean, you got players who literally make a living. They pay their bills and they put food on their table tables to play competitive Call of Duty. Yeah. Yes, they have their YouTube channels, they have their content and stuff like that, but a lot of them that don't have that following are are on salary contracts for these top teams. So say you load up in the game, you got multiplayer, zombies, Warzone, competitive. To alleviate, you know, someone like you're talking uh, Buku, someone playing regular pubs in Gears of War 4 and then going to the competitive tuning, 
you just have like a like a short kind of warning label when you when you first spawn into you know the menus for competitive it's like hey understand that this this part of the game is is tuned differently for competitive you're gonna see a different beast of a player and it's, it's just completely different that 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 way too you can go into there and you've got your 60 hertz servers you've yeah. got your and there's no guesswork there's no guesswork and and i don't know what it really takes for a developer to really like develop that part of a game but if you have a dedicated team that is working with the league that is working with the pros and 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 kind of you know, painting this picture because you have a Blake canvas here with every Call of Duty game. You have an opportunity to do that. And I think, uh, you know, it's kind of being missed with these GAs. Um, and yeah, that's just where my stance is on it. Yeah. And I mean, I actually, it. Yeah. go ahead, Boohoo, go ahead. I'm going to play a devil's advocate. I don't mind all the GAs. Now, the sniper and smoke, that, that I have an issue with. Unfortunately, that's because smokes are broke. Um, but that changes up how search is played immensely. This isn't 4v4 boots on the ground search anymore. This is 4v4 boots on the ground, no snipes, no smoke. And I think those are a crucial part to any team strats, honestly. Yeah. Uh, you're going to see a different kind of search this year, and I think we've already seen a little bit during the kickoff. But in terms of GAs, yeah, you might not have the opportunity, say, you know, back in Ghost when Killa was breaking out thermal LMGs. No one was expecting that. That was a, hey, how do we play around this? He's breaking off from the meta. Um, but in general, people are going to use the best weapons and attachments anyway. And I was actually running my buddy who subbed in for my rec league match yesterday. He was just introducing the GAs to him because he's like, oh, can I use the AK-47? Nope. No smokes, no snipes. And just kind of just a month, a month has gone by since we've last played in the first season. And he's just like, why is all this stuff GA? And I was like, you know, kind of, it is what it is. It's a pro's perspective. They see the nitty gritty, the small frame details that we don't really catch. We're just trying to emulate what they want to play. Um, so that's why we do it in the rec league. But at the end of the day, people are going to be running the same AK-74U, maybe one or two variants. Craig, and Craig is just going to be set up to be a laser beam every time. And the XM4, you can see a little bit of flexibility. But in terms of perks, like trophy system, I would like to see a little bit more diversity, but I still think the options that we're running right now are so strong that they, if something else was introduced, it would probably be broken and be overused as well. Yeah. I don't think a GA list will ever evaporate. Like I think there's always going to be one. My issue is when they GA something because it's not, it hasn't been developed properly or it hasn't been tuned properly like in, in those scenarios, I understand, like, I completely agree. Like teams, players are always going to pick the best weapons, the best three, the best two, whatever it ends up being. They're always going to pick the one best sniper when it is, you know, in play. Um, those things are never going to change. They're probably always going to GA, you know, certain perks that, you know, make the game a little unfair or a little um, less entertaining, I guess you could say. It's, it's when things are just functionally like from the jump of the game or you know throughout the game just functionally not working as expected that they have to ga it when in reality if it was tuned a little better for competitive like people would be using it i just think it it ups the entertainment value like for instance no snipes in search 
Search was super boring to watch. Like, I don't know about you guys. Yeah. But like having that dedicated sniper on every team and looking forward to when they hit it, when they hit that nasty snipe cross map, like that's that's part of the hype of search. Like when your sniper picks off one, two, three guys, like that's huge, you know? So having to GA that because smokes are broken, like it's at that time, like you, you have a kickoff classic, like the date was pre-planned for months, right? Everybody knows when it's going to go live. There was thousands of viewers. Like why didn't Treyarch prioritize fixing smokes? Like, why isn't there a conversation there? Maybe there is, like, I don't know what goes on behind closed doors, but like, why wouldn't you make it a priority to fix something like that for the kickoff classic for the whole year? You know what I mean? I just think if Call of Duty wants to get and aims to get as big as traditional sports, there has to be a better line of communication and execution between, uh, team owners the league and the developers like things just have to be prioritized yeah or even just a sense of transparency it it sucks when a lot of you see a lot of these tweets it's like why is this ga why is this ga and then developers are staying quiet and it's just like can you just like acknowledge our statements just saying hey maybe give us a couple days we'll come back to you an explanation you know on our end However, with transparency comes vulnerability, and I, that's why I think they're holding out on certain details. Destiny yeah. has similar issues where they just won't say anything. There's been a big issue in that game that's been plaguing the endgame PvP content for a while. We've heard nothing about it, and, and I think they're just afraid at the end of the day, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, with transparency does come vulnerability, but I, I still think there's a balance there that can be achieved where... You can try and, you know, keep the masses happy and content w- by being transparent without, you know, I guess, divulging too much information. But we'll have to wait and see if we ever get there. Uh, branching off of this GA uh, segment, um, I tweeted about this, I don't know, I want to say a month ago, because I saw, I saw it, someone else tweet about it and it was trending for a little bit, but someone brought up the option of instead of having these laundry list of GAs they thought it would be more entertaining overall to watch as a viewer from a viewer standpoint and maybe even a little more fun for the players as well to experiment with bringing back ban and protect I don't know if you guys are familiar with ban and protect but the argument was that um, with ban and protect you could have certain players on your team um play to their strengths, you know, use weapons and use things that play to their strengths. And for example, you know, if you if you have a gun that, you know, Octane is just going to be beaming you off of every heady with, you know, he's going to pick, you know, he's going to play this gun or this attachment or, you know, his setup, it provides an opportunity for teams and, and their coaching staffs to pre-scout the other teams and ban certain items, ban certain weapons ahead of time to put their best players at a disadvantage and in turn, you know, put their guys at an advantage. So there's a whole like scouting and uh, coaching management aspect of ban and protect that would be cool and entertaining. I just wanted to know what you guys thought about that. I'm not familiar with the system. Um, I've only played competitive Call of Duty since Modern Warfare or at least like learned about it. I come from a, a background of like Counter Strike and stuff like that, um, where you had 
to purchase your weapons and there was a there was a, a, a pistol round there was an economy round there was a a buy round you know where you're, you're based off your kills and your team success you know everyone's getting money so kind of going in that aspect but i think ban and protect would be would be cool it, it allows more involvement from your uh your coaching staff and, and the the real strategizers on the team um and i think it'd be interesting to just kind of learn about it and see what it's all about yeah, it could be interesting. So I know they did this in Black Ops 3, and I, I really got into competitive with Modern Warfare like you, Jim. Um, I used to watch it a little bit back in the day, but I was never, like, into it, into it. But in Black Ops 3, they did have the ban and protect system, and I've heard pros and cons for both of it. And at the end of the day, I'm, I, pro I, I wouldn't go for that, um, just because one of the major issues that was brought up is, well, if we're practicing with these sets of weapons and then it gets banned okay, I have to use my second submachine gun. That might start messing with the plays you're making, your setups, the different ranges which you can engage with. And I, I, I guess I'm saying it adds a lot of variables in. And I think with going back to the GAs, they're trying to cut out as many variables as possible. Um, sure. Unfortunately, we're playing online so that's a big one. Are you coming from a player standpoint with that point of view or a viewer standpoint? Because I think if player. you think about it, yeah, I was going to say, if you think about it from a viewer standpoint, your your opinion might change a little. Oh, yeah, dude, I'd love to see someone pull out the bullfrog this weekend and just like, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> we're expecting this. Well, yeah, it's a ban the 74U for, for some reason, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, But, yeah, I think it just comes down to cutting out as many variables as possible and unfortunately with that does come a lot of the game that you're not able to use in competitive um but i don't think the ban and protect would help unless i guess there'd have to be like very similar style weapons like the ak-74u maybe a little bit less range a little bit more damage uh different fire rates at the end of the day I, though I, I i don't think that would work but i don't have any practical competitive experience with that system do Contrary. you do you think that eliminating, like like you mentioned, the pros are trying to eliminate as many variables as possible, but do you think like with a ban and protect system that it actually challenges players to think outside the box and actually challenges their skill level a little more by loading into a map, the opposing team bans, bans their weapon of choice, they have to pick up another weapon they have to perform like do you think it challenges them in in that aspect a little more like kind of uh you know uh increases their ceiling i do and i'm gonna make a correlation to say i guess like baseball say someone's got you know like a glove or like a certain pitch yo i don't like that guy's curveball he's got a nasty curve let's ban that from this that's kind of that guy's arsenal and it might be what he's known for so if you take a 74u and say, yo, skump, you can't use this. Yeah, he can do fine without it, but I don't think we'd be seeing full skump, and that's what people want. So I guess that, from a player perspective, could be a negative to the ban and protect as well. Contrary to unpopular opinion, I do like the, uh, the competitive side of things going into Cold War where they're talking about having the preset classes. Yes. Yeah, kind of stemming from playing the CDL playlist last year, and like they just didn't. It just it was just very poorly like made in my opinion. 
granted it was like the you know i don't know man like it takes the guesswork out of the GAs, especially when you're trying to like warm up in pubs or whatever. And it's like the CDL playlist is ranked. It's like, all right, cool. Like it's a, it's a, it's an ability to really try to practice like even more. It's a tool. Um, so I think, yeah, I think in my opinion right now, the, the preset class is actually pretty cool. Yeah. Especially if they implement it for like, like they did in modern warfare, uh, not the preset classes, but the GB system that they integrated with modern warfare. If they do that, plus the preset classes, you're not going to have to run into all these, uh, dispute issues and like, Mm -hmm. you know, like, and, and God forbid it's, it's happened to the best of us, right? Where the GAs changed last night and, you know, you hop into a GB today and like, oh crap, I forgot to switch my class. And like, all of a sudden people are disputing, you're losing your match. Like if that's just auto updated with the preset classes that I think that would be amazing. Like it takes the guesswork out of it. Yeah. I mean, especially when there's money on the line, man, like, yeah. And in yeah, in some cases there is like tournament format, like there's a lot of scenarios where money would be on the line. No, All no, right. I, I actually. No, go ahead. Go ahead. That up, Jim. Because um, yeah, go, explaining to my friend last night what he could and couldn't use, like, oh, you can't use damage range barrels, or, or no, da- uh, what? All the the damage barrels are one of them, and I'm just like, I, honestly, let me double check the rules because I don't think I know the GAs right now, and I played a match last week. The, the preset classes are going to be great because it's going back on those one to two variants of the AK-74U, one to two variants of the XM4 and the Krig. Yeah. Cut out all guesswork and let people, hey, this is what you can use. Yeah. There's not thinking and you're just focused on, you know, the plays, your strats and just kind of winning the match rather than, oh, am I am I using this attachment? Am I going to get forfeited because I didn't like follow CDL Intel on Twitter or something? Yeah, I, I agree. Like if you can eliminate that guesswork, things would be in a lot better shape. OK, moving on from that, uh, I wanted to talk about your guys thoughts on the am scene in general but also wester's success recently uh they they're coming off four consecutive amateur challenger championships and they're going for their fifth i guess this weekend so just your thoughts on the sheer dominance of wester and you know what you guys think like what makes them a cut above i know we we uh, have heard them on, on podcasts such as, you know, Spark's podcast, uh, shout out Spark. Uh, we've heard them on some other podcasts as well, uh, stating some of the things as well as their coach, uh, Phoenix or Phoenix, however you want to say it. Um, they've stated publicly, you know, some of the some of the reasons for their success in their minds. Um, I just kind of wanted to bounce it off you guys and see what you guys thought about their success and, you know, what attributes it. Um, so from like a coach's standpoint and someone that has played competitive sports, like their whole lives, like myself, and then even, you know, training soldiers, man, um, when you're, when you get a, when you get a fire team and you have to ensure that these guys are up to snuff on like room clearing and just like how we fight as an army and as a nation, like, and like what we do, we call it doctrine, um, you don't get to just change people out, you know what I mean? You would, the hand that is dealt to you. So these pickup teams and the success that, that Wester has been seeing, and they've been saying it on social media, it's like, Hey, like, like find a group of dudes and just stick together. 
that is the reason why they're so successful because one they're playing for each other and they, they're, they're a team they play together 4v4 cod is way more of a team game than 5v5 call of duty you know what i mean you have to play tactical you have to adjust to your other team's play style and you have to play together you have to play for trades there's so many aspects that come into play and the state of the amateur community and from a head coaches and a team owner standpoint right now um all these guys that are free agents, like the stock isn't there. I'm sorry. Like how many people have we tried to recruit and look for and, you know, they take a couple L's and then they leave. It, it, there's no there's no opportunity to really kind of coach them or, you know, you can't really invest real good time and effort into a player that has so much potential when his attitude towards it is just sort of like toxic and like, you know, there's just that missed opportunity. Once again, like there's missed opportunities all around around it right now. And this Call of Duty amateur scene is honestly just plagued with with those types of players and the, and that type of mentality. Like, there's a reason why Wester is successful. They're probably going to get a fifth cup this weekend because they've been together, they've won together, and I'm sure, you know. And this is the mentality I was telling our our Blue Academy team last night. It's like, hey. Like, you should hate losing more than you enjoy winning. And that stems from having that brotherhood, you know? Yeah, and having each other's back. Exactly. Uh, I completely agree. The part of the reason, uh, just going off of that, I think Wester's having so much success in this specific amateur scene because it is plagued and there is an issue with it. And, you know, we've talked about it many times and we're going to continue talking about it many times because it's part of, you know, TNT's mission. Um, as we grow as an organization, it's part of our mission to change the call of duty amateur scene or the scene and as a whole for the better. Um, but back to the point of Wester is when you have that sense of brotherhood, when you know, for example, Hey, if I drop a if I drop a map, man, like I just had a rough map or I had a rough match, I had a rough scrim. When you eliminate that fear of my three other teammates and my coach are judging me and like, oh crap, I'm on the chopping block. And like, oh my God, they're probably gonna be scouting for someone new. They're they're looking for the next up and comer. Like my position is on the line. When you eliminate all of that insecurity. It allow and you only eliminate it by having that team bond, that brotherhood where you trust each other and you know you're not just gonna throw someone to the wayside because they had a bad map. When you eliminate that insecurity, it breeds it's a breeding ground for success, growth, uh, the ability to bounce back, the ability to have a bad map or a bad match and bounce back because you're not down in the dumps, you're not insecure your confidence isn't shattered because your boys are bringing you back up and you know you have that secure wall behind you and you don't have any of the fears that you know a lot of these amateur players do like you you see it all the time like we we try to field rosters you know with team no trace and you see it all the time where players come in and the second they have a bad map or the they have a bad match or something as they're going through the recruitment process it's like oh my ping oh my frames were dropping oh man this is a host oh man my controller got unplugged oh man my internet's acting out of whack oh man he's got to be on like a 244 hertz monitor like the excuse list is so long and it comes out instantaneously when they in their opinion have a bad map 
But why is that? That's because they're insecure and they're used to the laundry cycle of going through these orgs, going through these pickup teams, having a bad map, getting booted, thrown to the wayside. It's like a it's a vicious circle of negativity and toxicity. And Wester is one of the only examples right now in the amateur scene of breaking that mold. And yeah. Team No Trace as a whole, we also want to break that mold. Um, but I think that is why they're having so much success. And I encourage anybody who's watching any amateur teams, amateur players, work on sportsmanship, work on being a leader, work on being a good teammate, work on having your teammates backs, focus less on your kill average and all of these other things. All of that comes into play, but not to the point where it makes or breaks you as a player and it makes your makes or breaks your team. The the chemistry of a good team bond can take you places and if you think I'm just talking crap and I don't know what I'm talking about, well then look at Wester because they're the prime example. Exactly. And four four cups in a row is no joke. They're most likely going to get picked up by a professional team what maybe this year or for sure I would say next year so the proof is in the pudding and uh yeah that's my take on it yeah I mean you hit the nail on the head uh, a lot of the points are exactly what I would say if you look at a lot of the top teams in AM right now I believe the teams that are consistently playing placing higher Wester obviously Triumph I think they've stuck together as a squad general yep. team and uh uh, built by gamers that's kids yeah bbg yeah um, i think they stayed as a team too and you know the results don't lie you look at these teams that play the week they're switching it up parasites jumping around all over now he's a london royal raven like it, it's insane but th you cannot build chemistry with your team unless you stick it out take the l's and learn and get better everyone's got probably a similar level of gun skill at that play. It's about how well you know your teammates play, what they can do when you're stuck, what you can do for them when they're stuck, and just knowing that they have your backs. And like you were saying about that vicious cycle, oh yeah, it's absolutely there. I'm sure, you know, GodRx last season was accused of playing for stats. And uh, yeah, it's just that fear of being dropped or replaced is, is very high for a lot of these young players and they don't really have a grasp on that yet they want the instant gratification of winning tournaments and matches that they shouldn't be winning you're a newly formed team you're not going to beat wester practice get better and maybe in a couple weeks or later on in the series, yeah. season you might have a shot at them but if you're flipping players every other day it's just not going to happen what these what these amateur players uh, need to understand is you need to fall in love with playing for a greater good, which is not yourself. You need to be selfless and play for the common goal. Everybody on that team should play for the team win, not the individual success. Then and only then will you really find success. Like, sure, you could have a gunny, you could be a menace on the map, but if your boys aren't keeping up and they don't know what you're doing because they don't know you, like, it's just going to fall apart. Um, one of the things is coming and going into that fear of um, of being cut because you're not good enough or something like that. Like, if you have a bad series, if you look at things as there's no such thing as failure, it's only feedback. And as long as you take your L's and you can actually learn from them, and 
push yourself to get better, whether you need to get into a private match with a buddy and take the same gunfight over and over and over again as a drill to just rep it out, then, then, then grind and do what you need to do to get better. At the same time, if your coach is like, hey, I'm going to put you on the bench this week. I'm going to move this guy up. Be, you know, I'm sure you're going to be upset because you're not playing. But don't just leave the organization and ghost your boys because, you, you know, you spent so much time trying to get – be happy for them. Be like, dude, I hope this works. Like, because you're still winning like, as an organization. You might not be winning individually inside but with your own efforts. But if you show true support for that team and you're working for that common goal for your boys or, or whoever, the success is going to come, man. Like, I, you see it all the time in professional sports. And one, uh, one more thing about that Western team, the bond that they've built is so strong that Paul X declined. I was only a two week offer, but he declined an offer into the CDL. Yeah. It looks like they're trying to stick together and they've, I'm sure they've talked about this. Hey, don't take any offers. We need to go in as a four stack to have faith and to trust your teammates like that. These kids are way, way more mature than the age. What are they like? 17, 18, 19? Yeah, yeah, 19. Yeah, 20 at most. I think on average 20. And it shows in their gameplay. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, that's the goal. I mean, just not not trying to put all the focus on us, but at Team No Trace, like, Team No Trace was literally formed around that mindset of brotherhood, you know, team teamwork, teammates, camaraderie, family family you know what i mean and if if there's more of that in the call of duty scene or the amateur scene or the gaming scene in general i honestly think that a lot of these younger players a lot of these kids that are coming up through the system are going to have a lot more uh successful um uplifting uh fulfilling journey like you may not even make it as a professional gamer but for example, like I have two sons, they're still very, very young, but I often picture like what life would look like if they were teenagers right now and they were getting into gaming, they were getting in, getting into the Call of Duty scene and like, because I know what's going on and I have that peek behind the curtain, dear God, man, like I, I wouldn't want them to go through it. It's, it's like, it's, it's a, it's a place right now and a space right now where it beats down on kids' confidence levels um it it, it's a breeding ground for toxicity and like you know it's just not a place where i'd like to see my kid go through and see like oh even if he doesn't make it out as a pro he came out the other end learning you know teamwork learning you know camaraderie learning sportsmanship learning professionalism like you can't say that about the cod scene right now like these kids don't come out on the other end with all of those qualities you know and what team no trace is about uh is we want to instill that we want to like change change what the amateur scene looks like so that these kids do learn some things while they're spending all of this time gaming and you know you know they're done their schoolwork they're done their their family duties and they spend all their time gaming like if you really think about it and i'm sure you guys can attest like even when i was younger i spent a whole crap ton of my time gaming you know the goal would be like you come out of that you know when you're an adult with something 
Yeah, with some growth. With some growth and not and definitely not the opposite, you know. Yeah. Definitely not having a, a low self-esteem or, or beat down confidence and stuff because you're just thrown through this cycle of you're not good enough, you're shit, you're crap, you're you're off the team. Like that sense of um you, you don't have a sense of like stability, you know what I yeah. mean? And you you end up having like trust issues as well. Trust like issues. there's, there's mental breakdowns. I mean, you see it in the scene right now Yep. and there's nothing. I mean, just from, just from someone who is a leader of soldiers, I'm a non-commissioned officer, man. And you, you have to have a genuine care about your, your dudes. I just tweeted it about that, about this today. Like I would love nothing more than for, one of our players to come through team no trace, spend some time with us, learn the fundamentals of what it truly means to be a competitive player in a, in a facet to where you're getting the structure and discipline that we are trying to emulate and provide and say this kid gets picked up by Wester or picked up by one of these top hand teams or even a professional team of that matter. When another head coach or another scout from that organization sees that TNT next to their name, they know what kind of player they're going to get. They want to invest in that player. It's like, you know, I want us to be to be able to be put on these kids' resumes when they're applying for things and be like, oh, they're coming from there. It holds some up. weight. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> All right. Well, I mean, I think we got deep into the state of the AM scene there. Uh, the last segment before we close things out, we're going to run this uh, every podcast Uh Jim and I, uh, obviously the owners of Team No Trace, we're just going to run a segment called State of the Org. We're going to talk about, you know, everything going on. Well, not everything. There's some things that need to remain secret, you know, build some uh, hype for it. Uh, but, you know, we just want to talk about things that are going on with us, with Team No Trace, uh, for all of our, you know, players and members of Team No Trace who watch this podcast, you know, for them to get some shout outs or see what's going on. So starting off, let's just talk about obviously today, depending on when this podcast goes up, it could be yesterday for you people. Uh, we announced uh, a TNT white roster for the Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War season. And we are super pumped to have uh, Rampage Chief, Bolt, and Sam. We're super pumped to have them uh, a part of the TNT family. They are absolute beasts on the map. And we can't wait to see them compete and get after it under the TNT flag. And I uh, just wanted to get your guys' quick thoughts on that. Buku, go ahead, bro. Yo, you guys got some gunners on this squad. I watched the, you know, I was, I saw the, you know, 15 minutes till the announcement drop and I'm at work and I'm like, okay, yeah, check in 15 minutes. As soon as it went live, I hit go. I'm looking, I'm just like, dude, these kids aren't missing shots. Like robotic movements. Um, I think this team's going to be really successful. Uh, they're going to, what are they looking to compete in? Uh, right now, so they're fresh off of a, uh, a tournament qualifier, the Obsidian League. Um, they won that tournament. They won that. The, they won that qualifier, their most recent qualifier. So they're going to be in the Obsidian, Obsidian League. I think it starts fifteen uh, February is is their first week. Um, there might be another qualifier. I'm not sure. Uh, they're going to be getting after it in Challengers this weekend uh, tomorrow, the thirtieth of January. 
And uh, I mean, anything in between, man, I'm just really excited to have this roster under the blanket of TNT. Welcome to the family, you boys. Super pumped. I mean, ever it, it's we are a central and east um, dominant organization, but uh, they hail from California, uh, my home, my home area, Orange County, and uh, it's just it's 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 exciting. Yeah, we're happy like, to have the West Coast boys. Hey, what's <laughs> up? <laughs> All right, so that was a cool announcement that we uh, recently brought out. Um, Touching on uh, back to the AM scene, I guess we could touch on a little bit here just from our personal perspective of just want to get talk about like when we picked up, obviously, Rampage and the boys as a team of four, it was a lot easier to make that happen because they're coming in with that said camaraderie that we just talked about, that sense of, you know, they have a team bond. Let's talk. I wanted to talk a little bit about how hard it is currently in the amateur scene to piece together a team of four to compete with. Jim, oh, I think you can start on that because you know it's a it's a fine art. Um, I think it's because part of the reason it's an art, in in, in retrospect, from my from my point of view and my opinion, is. Um, the way we're trying to change the culture and the type of player that that enters into our discord server and goes through our recruitment process is we're looking for something special one you got to be good at the game you have a good a good baseline two you have to be confident in that you're going to represent this organization professionally as 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 much as you can um just got to be a good dude be humble uh don't be toxic uh um and it's hard to find dudes that aren't toxic. Um, and then, you know, guys that can take L's and that just want to work on their game and they, and they, they want to do it for the team. Um, we've gone through countless hours worked of trying to uh, try guys out from these eights discord servers from, from, you know, winter realm to, you know, goofies, eight server i mean everything under all those eight servers that all you all you amateur players are living in um it's just hard to find quality dudes that want to team and want to stay with the team um and right now currently as team no trace is concerned like our staff is an all-volunteer staff our coaches our management myself like we're not we're not making a dime on any of this right now and uh this is solely out of a passion and out of a dream that we are pushing forward and, you know, providing, trying to provide a service to you guys. And, um, it's frustrating yeah, to say the least. And that's no knock to like, I, you brought up some of the eight servers and things like that. The popular ones, that's no knock to those eight servers. Like there's definitely, there's definitely a place for them. However, I would encourage you if you're an amateur player trying to make it onto an, an official organization or roster and really trying to get after it from a team perspective, I would encourage you to not play less of eights, but understand that eights does not correlate to a team competitive play. There's a whole mind state around eights that is completely different from an actual team environment and a team game. Eights is playing for yourself most of the time, not playing for the win. Eights is you do run into some very toxic and, you know, 
just just people who are negative and people who don't want the best for you. You know what I mean? So my challenge to amateur players would be use eights as a tool to, you know, work on your gun skill. Um, you know, sure, meet, meet people, meet friends if that's what you're doing it for. And just to uh, get some get some reps uh, on a 4v4 basis outside of pubs kind of thing. But don't treat it as practice for being on a team. Do not treat it no. as competitive play practice. Do not treat it as official, any type of official, like cdl variant skill man yes don't because what we've noticed in trying to recruit out of those servers and trying to pick up players out of those environments is 99 percent of the time we don't find a match and we don't find anyone because the mentality uh the the journey from that eights mentality to that team mentality is so far apart from each other that the work that is needed in between for us to put our time and effort in, it's just, we don't have the time to do it. So I would encourage everybody over here on this eight side that really wants to, you know, venture over to the competitive side to start taking steps towards, uh, you know, getting, you know, taking the time to try out with teams and form a team and stick with those guys, really get, get into scrims get into watching the CDL more, et cetera. Um, so that, you know, when you do try out for an org like ourselves, like that gap isn't as big and you're a little more prepared to uh, be on a team and be a team player, I guess. Yeah. And, and, and start looking at practicing in those eight servers and, and, you know, I, I talk about being toxic, like dudes shooting bodies, dudes just being pricks in the, in the voice chat because, you know, there's some technical difficulties or something like that. I can't tell you how many times I'm like having issues with my game and like a dude from another team is hopping in like, Oh, what the fuck's going on, man? Like, you know, I'm just going to shit all over you. Like, all right, dude, like, what do you think that does to someone's one like self-esteem? I'm like, I'm not calling myself, uh, you know, a wuss by any means. Like I've, you know, I've, I've done some things in my life that constitute a a pretty large set of nuts, but like, (laughs) you know, for these younger kids, like this positive reinforcement, you have an opportunity at, uh, at teaching, you know, like a 14 year old kid or something like that, that are in those servers, like, like lessons and, and just getting those kids better. But when you just, you know, you're bullying on them because it's an online environment, like it's just not healthy, man. And when you try to go from, you know, living in an eight server or getting, you know, the highest rank and you got like whatever they give you, you know, your points, give me my points, man. Like, (laughs) you know, like it's just, when then you try to you, you try to find success within an organization and on a team and you're not finding it it's it's literally that gap right there we're we're literally giving you the tools to be successful in this game you just got to hop on board for sure anything to add brandon no i know how bad those eight servers can be and uh that's why i kind of stay away from them now um What's great, though, is the recreational league that I'm in. So we were having issues last night where my buddy was getting scan and repair for, like, 15 minutes. And inside, I'm like, we were up 2-0. We ended up 3 0 him. And I'm just like, this kid's going to start sending me messages like, yo, what the hell is going on? Like, get, get your stuff together. Come on. Like, you're wasting our time. Fortunately, the server is really cool, and they don't really tolerate any of that stuff. And he was like, no. Like, yeah, whatever you guys need to do to fix, just let us know when you're about to start. And it's such a breath of fresh air. Yeah. Uh, the fact that I come in to, like, I, I don't play competitive for TNT, but, you know, I'll occasionally stop by for some eights. 
and I'm getting smoked, but no one's a dick about it. Everyone's pretty yeah. cool. I know I'm at the bottom of the score scorecard. No one says anything. Um, just a lot of friendly feedback, like, yo, come on, guys, let's let's pick it up. Let's get going. Um, and yeah, I no, I don't get anxious when I join you guys. It's whereas other servers, it's I just don't even bother anymore because it's not yeah. Weird. Right on. Uh, one of the last couple topics here. Um, so obviously here at TNT, a big focus, including this very podcast and episode, is content. Um, obviously, content is king in this esports uh, industry. So we are really trying to uh, work on our content game, push out as much as possible. Um, this podcast being one of the you know forms of content that we're going to be continuously putting out. Uh, one of the other things, um, I read an article um, recently, um, and it talked about uh, the, I guess, desire from like a outsider's perspective to always like have an inside look as to what's going on behind the scenes of whatever kind of organization or um, any kind of startup or anything that's going on like business wise or whatever. There's always like that curiosity. So as a result, like I'm not officially announcing it here, but just letting you guys know that something is in the works at TNT. We're, we're calling it a docu-series, I guess you could say, where it's going to follow along, uh, I guess, the path that Team No Trace is on. Um, I mean, we're not going to sit here and pretend that, you know, I'm I'm a millionaire investor and, you know, Jim's a millionaire investor and we had some money that we were bored with and said, hey, let's start up an e-sports organization. We're not going to pretend. We The honest truth is, is that we are two hardworking, humble dudes. Uh, we come from very different backgrounds, but, uh, you know, we have common ground in a lot of areas and out of the passion and the dream to, you know, make an organization that, you know, makes a difference in gaming and stuff like that. We decided to start team no trace and we want to bring you along on the journey. And, you know, we are starting from the ground and we're only going to work our way up. Uh, and why not, you know, show you the ins and outs, show you the mistakes, the pitfalls that we go through, show you the, the struggles, sh show you the wins, the big wins, the small wins. So just be on the lookout. We got a docu-series in the works. It's going to be called From the Ground Up. Uh, we're working on episode one right now. Um, shout out Austin, our video editor. Uh, he's done some great work for us already. Uh, he's going to be working with me on that. And yeah, so that's just another piece of content that we have going out um, and along with this podcast and some other things that we have in the works. Uh, yeah. Any thoughts on that, boys? Excited? I'm pumped, man. <laughs> like for me, taking a backseat from competitive, it it hurt. It, like, I know we had... We had that call right before Cold War launch. It's like, yo, we're really grinding out this year, put in the time. And at the end of the day, with my work schedule, I couldn't do it. And it, it sucked not being able to play. Uh, with my gun skill, I wouldn't have made any team anyway, because you guys are fine to fire talent. But I, I do miss being part of that that team and or just knowing what's going on, because I see new names in the server. And I'm like, oh, who's this person? Who's this person? And to kind of get an inside look at like that, like where I guess we were talking earlier about the transparency. Um, I think that's going to be huge. It's going to drive a lot of attention and I'll be watching them. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the goal, man, is like the transparency and like, uh, just the humbleness to say like, we're not flashing anything 
you know, we're not, we're not, I'm not here, you know, filming a shot with me in a suit and a rented, uh, Mercedes Benz, you know what I mean? Like, no, like we're, I'm a normal dude. You know, I have a family, uh, I, I work hard and, uh, this is all passion, man. It's all, it's all for the dream and for the goal of something bigger. And we just want to bring everybody along the way with us, you know, and let them, let them have a peek at what goes on behind the scenes. Trust me. It's a lot. Yeah. A lot of work. <laughs> a lot of work. I barely play the game anymore, man. Uh, yeah, and I think uh, I think that's going to wrap it up, boys. I mean, we talked about a lot today, first episode back. Um, I wanted to say thank you to Brandon for hopping on as a guest and giving us his background, you know, a little introduction and all of his opinions on all these topics. So thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Uh, you guys it's been a long time really coming, man. Yeah, for sure. And uh, yeah, you guys are doing some killer stuff. You're making all the right moves. You're building an environment that I would want to compete under. And I'm really excited where you guys are heading because it's it's up. Yeah, you guys are building something special here. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate that. And you know you're always TNT family, man, from the start. You always have a home here. Hell yeah. Jimbo, any closing remarks? Um... I would just like to invite everybody to and welcome them on the journey. And if you don't agree with the things that uh, we're trying to do here and um, you don't support the vision, I mean, you're the problem. (laughs) (laughs) You're the problem. Um, So, I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to knock anybody. I'm not trying to be toxic, but um, we, we want change. Uh, and we believe that there's a unique opportunity here to do so. And with that, grow ourselves. So um, everybody who has talked to myself or Storm or, or runs into someone from TNT, I just hope that you have a positive experience and that this is something that we can truly inspire uh, you young players to kind of work towards. And, uh, you know, let's keep the stream alive. Super excited for the for all the moving pieces that are happening right now within Team No Trace and and what we stand for it as a, as an organization. Um, I, I'm truly blessed to have this family around me and and these and the support that we have from our players and our families to kind of keep us pressing forward. And uh, like I said on my Twitter, can't stop, won't stop. We're in this bitch. <laughs> yes, sir. And with that being said, I uh, appreciate everybody who's watching right now. I appreciate you watching to the end or listening to the end. Um, if you have a second, you know, feel free to follow us on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, links for socials will be below. Um, yeah, uh, stay tuned. More episodes are going to be coming. Stay tuned for announcements on the docu-series and much more to come subscribe to the channel yes like the video comment down below folks give us share give it us your feedback share it um ask your questions let's uh let's get some commentary going on in the comment section yeah if you got any suggestions for future episodes or questions for us or anything like that feel free to leave them in the comments below we'll always read them and uh get back to you all right boys signing out leave no trace <laughs> <laughs>